Ember, my dog, is here. And she isn't even jumping up on stage. She is just so good. She's very good. <laughs> well, if you are joining us like Ember is, but from your home, great to have you here. Uh, this is, once again, how we are doing our church gatherings. You want to say hi? <laughs> good morning. Yeah, it's good just mor very weird, once again, sitting, seeing all these empty seats. Uh, be fun when we can sit in them together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, it, it just doesn't get normal. And so we are so happy to have technology to gather in your living rooms, your kitchens, your basements, your garages. Rob, I'm sure we're out there with you today. Uh, we are so glad that you're taking the time on a beautiful Sunday morning to gather with us digitally. Uh, please do use the comment section down below. Send messages of encouragement. Uh, chat amongst yourselves. Uh, if there's something that stands out from uh, the Word of God or our reflections on it, feel free to just echo that and just help others really dive into the message from their home and your home. Uh, we are gathering and we're looking through a, a sermon series called Move Forward. The idea is God doesn't just want us to sit where we are and be complacent. He calls us uh, into his direction, into his path, and that there is something far better for us ahead because God is with us, and he's guiding, and he's leading us. And so we are opening the book of Acts, and we are unfolding the story of how the church was formed, and how they have been following Jesus, and ultimately coming into some conflict, some challenges out of that, some growth points, and how somehow, amongst great odds, they have grown to be a, a worldwide organization, a group, a body of people that proclaim Jesus, that we get to be a part of today. And so I'm going to pray, and uh, we will get right into Acts 4. So if you want to open your Bible or open that tab, go right ahead. Lord, we, uh, we ask you to make yourself so known today. Lord, we, we get to enjoy your, your creation, your sunlight, your beautiful creatures. Lord, we, we ask that today in our homes or on our pat patios, Lord, that you uh, dwell with us that we can sense your spirit speaking to each one of us individually, uh, encouraging us to, to grow in our courage, to follow you in a deeper, more wholehearted That uh, those of us that are still really struggling with this uh, pandemic, Lord, that you are, are with them as well. We ask for healing. We ask for uh, restoration, Lord. We ask for courage. And we thank you for all the amazing things that you have been doing, God. And may we not lose sight of that as we keep getting into the mundane moments of sitting in our houses. So come join us today and open your word to us. Amen. 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 Well, today we're going to look at Acts chapter 4, as, yes. as Brad said. This is an awesome story. One of the things that uh, stands out to me about this story is that it's the first time something happens. And this, there's quite a few first times that are going to unfold in the book of Acts. But here is the first time that the church faces opposition from outside. Uh, so the church was very, you know, it was, it was small, but then started growing very fast. And we read the delightful line that, that um, they had favor with all the people, uh, which was just awesome. Yeah. And we love that, right? We and love the favor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That didn't last. All of a sudden, oh. we, we, this is the first instance where the church faces opposition from outside. So we're, I'm going to read now the Acts chapter 4. It's too long of a story to read the whole thing here this morning, but you may want to just take some time afterwards and read through. Because, But I'm going to read some snippets. So what happened is that the church leaders actually, you know, Peter and John, they were preaching 
Uh, last week we told the story where they, you know, they ended up healing a guy, yeah. and that turned into a sermon. <laughs> All of a sudden, he found a reason to preach. That's yeah. right, and uh, they were preaching about the resurrection, and and then they got arrested. Uh, now, have you ever been arrested for preaching? No, I have not. Me neither. <laughs> May that not happen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So this is, you know, this is a first. Uh, so they, they get arrested, and then we're going to pick up the story part way through, uh, and here they are uh, after their arrest. Uh, verse 7, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved." When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to stop there. We'll read a bit more further on. But I, I, I thought that verse uh, just really stood out. Their courage stood out. They saw the, And their courage in their mind was linked to the fact that they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this week, while I was thinking about this passage, I came across a, uh, an old quote from Mark Twain, who is an eminently quotable guy. Um, <laughs> he said, Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. And there's this uh, interesting uh, connection or relationship, I guess you'd say, between courage and fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we tend to think uh, people who are courageous uh, just don't have fear. Uh, th- that's not true. Uh, they're often fearful yeah, but, it, but they it, overcome it, their fear. There's right? good reasons to be fearful. It's just, yeah, the overcoming the mastery of it. Exactly. And it seems to me that this, uh, now, on lots of lots of ways, our situation and the situation of these early disciples are completely different. Um, but it seems to me that this is a great time to talk about courage. I, I think we need courage. I, I, do you feel this? I feel this, uh, like we are ordinary people. Just like we are like ordinary people. I rarely get called ordinary, but this time I will wear that hat. <laughs> and and, and uh, but th- this is a time when, when courage would be really, really appropriate. So the question, so we kind of like read this passage with a set of glasses. Mm-hmm. It says, well, how, how did these ordinary guys demonstrate such courage and we thought of uh, sort of five what themes ideas and uh, we're going to go through them and we'll pause and talk about each Absolutely. of them just for a couple of minutes here and uh, so the first the first one and, and this is really uh, like right from this line here they they recognized when they saw these you know courageous ordinary guys that they were people who'd been with Jesus and this idea of um, I, I, one of the ways that we would like to talk about our faith is about a like a friendship with Jesus. So not like it's not like a legal contract that somewhere <laughs> we signed, uh, you know, we signed up for something, or it's like a, an arrangement. But that we would say that we're 
people who live in relationship yeah. with Jesus, and, and that that actually changes people in all kinds of ways. And it seems to me there's two things that we could talk about. And, and the, one of the words I love is the word, word shaped. Mm -hmm. um, these people were with Jesus for an extended period of time, uh, approximately about three years. They traveled with him, they ate with him, he trained them, he instructed them, he sent them out. And so that they were deeply, deeply shaped. And it, it seems to me there's two things going on there and that relate to us. One is, there's something just about the presence of Jesus mm -hmm. that brings peace. Uh, and also, Jesus calls us to a kind of life, uh, I, th I think I would tend to call it like, like stepping out in loving action. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this whole story started with the disciples healing somebody who, who needed healing. It was a, an act of kindness, they called it. And um, I know, like, is, how many stories have you heard lately of somebody who's like, as we sit at home and we think about, you know, we read the news and we uh, read the news, <laughs> and we hear the news, yeah. and, and there's a sort of a paralysis. But that if we deliberately turn our minds to think, how can somebody, how can mm -hmm. I bring, all of a sudden the fear tends to sort of come off and uh, we, the paralysis departs and we, we're encouraged. So yeah. talk, to, talk to me about that. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things, if, if you're, when you've done this, or if you're like me, you're going to pull up now, uh, KW Caremongering is a thing on Facebook where they're sharing stories about caring for people. Okay. And it's, it's really encouraging and exciting. Uh, but looking at the, the story of being shaped, right? We are shaped by so many different things. These guys uh, got into trouble because they were shaped by Jesus. They saw a lame guy and they said, oh, we know what to do here get up, because yeah. they had been spending time with Jesus. There's so much in our lives that is uh, being, being shaped by, like we are currently being shaped by a pandemic, right? Our regular rhythms, our regular lifestyle, even our thought patterns are, are drastically different than they were three months ago. Yeah. Like we wake up, we're like, oh, I wonder what the death count is. How many of us have been thinking about that before three months ago? Yeah. If you were, then put your hand down and <laughs> don't, don't talk about that, no. Uh, it, it shaped us. Culture had been shaping us as uh, consumers. We were always called, oh, the consumers. Like, no, people. We have all these different things that shape us just by proximity, by the way we reflect on them, and the amount of time it take up in our life. These disciples, and hopefully me and, and you, are, are also being shaped by Jesus. That as, as we spend time in proximity to him, we, we start forming a lifestyle around him. That's one of the things that we talk as a church is being shaped in the knowledge, likeness, and lifestyle of Jesus. And so that looks a lot like these guys. Is when you come across an opportunity or even a problem, you say, oh, you know, the, the bracelets, who's got the bracelets still? The WWG, what would Jesus do, right? The, there's just this thought in ourselves, oh, what, what, what am I here for? Oh, I'm not here just to get into the temple. I'm here to be a part of this guy's life for this moment. And so there's this, this forming, the shaping for us to look more and more like Jesus's lifestyle. And so as we live in a pandemic, uh, we are still informed by what that lifestyle, what that shape of Jesus looks like. As we live in a consumer culture, we are still to be shaped and formed by Jesus and his lifestyle. Anywhere we go, we should be seeing this, this form of Jesus showing up in the way that we live out life. Yeah. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a really complicated thing either. No. Right? Like, I, I've heard lots of stories, and I'm sure you have as yeah. well, of people who, in the middle of you know, watching the news and listening mm -hmm. to the reports and thinking about it, they decide to read a passage of Scripture mm -hmm. and kind of 
focus on that or maybe put a passage of scripture on their mirror or on their on the fridge and just the attention to Jesus and to his ways or uh, I've heard of quite a number of people who in the middle of all this stuff that would have made a thank you list Mm -hmm. and say you know God I thank you for this God I thank you and that act in itself of turning to him Mm -hmm. and then this you know the outward turn where people say you know, I could take something over to the neighbor mm-hmm. or somebody, boy, they really could use somebody to do some shopping for them. Or, um, you know, uh, I was this week I was at a, 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 a drive-by, honk the horn, balloon out the window, <laughs> birthday party. And, uh, and there are, you know, there are ways even in mm-hmm. the restrictions that we have now that are smart and, and wise to bless people. And that comes out of the heart of Jesus. Yeah, I remember a story, I think it was World War II, of an orphanage that had like no money. And the, the guy was a good believer. He's just like, oh, I'm going to pray because like, we need to feed these kids. And he was praying that God would provide milk. And the story goes that milk showed up that very eve. And he actually saw the guy dropping it off. And he, t- he stopped the guy. Like, why did you drop off milk? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I felt like I needed to buy extra milk and drop it off. And so there, even in that is, if you have this odd sense, like, I need to buy extra milk today. Follow it. I, I, there's another story of a friend of mine down in uh, California where this guy bought 400 hamburgers and he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, God. Drove around for an hour. He gave away one hamburger. He's like, oh, I'm going to waste 300 hamburgers or 399 hamburgers. And then he comes to an un- underpass where there was a gathering of uh, a bunch of Christians trying to feed the homeless. And in this spot, he, he realized oh, I have a bunch of hamburgers to feed them. And they had been sitting there and they realized that like, the meat didn't show up that was supposed to be for the barbecue. And these burgers all show up and God is just using weird little nudges of go buy 300 burgers and then lines things up to provide for others. Okay. Yeah, Not so cool. yeah, I just encourage you that even if you have this odd sense of ways to care, go for it. See yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's jump yeah, on let's go. We, because we got lots of these. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Um, here, here's the, the, the second thought I had is around this idea of the here's what they actually got in trouble for is that they were announcing the resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, so I got to be thinking um, this whole idea that the disciples were um, they became utterly convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead and and also they saw miracles like yep. they, they and, and that this was a convincing truth for them um, and if you truly, truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that puts all of our fears into a very different context. I've, I've heard it said often that all fear kind of revolves down to the fear of death. I'm not sure if that's totally accurate, but it's at least partly true. Mm-hmm. And that uh, even as we, again, we are, we're living in the midst of a, like a very frightening time because of a disease you can't see mm-hmm. uh, and nobody knows even still now, how it spreads and all, you know, all of this, this is frightening. Um, <laughs> and again, I don't think we want to be like crazy, irresponsible, and I don't care if I die. Uh, I, but it sure makes a difference if we believe mm-hmm. that our death is not the end of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, these, part of the courage that the disciples had was their utter conviction that, hey, Jesus is alive. Um, we'll live forever with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I don't, it's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, as, I, as I was reflecting on this, the early church didn't think Jesus was far off and distant. They were like, oh, well, he's gone, and eventually we'll go meet him. They, 
they knew that God was still present, that Jesus was still present to them through the Spirit. And they were utterly convinced of this. They even saw signs proving that his presence was with them. And that as, as we understand that Jesus isn't just a far-off God that we you know, sing to on Sundays and we might do a Bible study some other time to learn a bit more about him, that he is an active presence to us by his Spirit, that he's still intimately connected to the way that you and I are living. Uh, a bit more confidence comes out of that. In, in the passage we're looking at today, uh, we see the, the rulers of the church, the leaders, the synagogue, uh, they, they were utterly convinced that you know, this resurrection thing isn't a thing. And they were utterly convinced that Jesus wasn't of value. And they still had to wrestle from their, their lens with what to do with the good that was done in Jesus' name. And they say to themselves, like, well, we can't disprove that. Like, we can't deny. Their, their, their hearts are corrupted to the point where they're trying to deny anything they can that would disprove where they sit. And so they, they're like, well, then the best thing we can do is put a lid on it. So you guys stop talking. And these, these guys were convinced that Jesus wasn't of value, and they had to find ways to just make that life line up with it. But here we see the church is that they are so convinced that Jesus is active in life that they're just answering little calls like, hey, get up, get well, or speaking, saying, no, I, I can't shut up about Jesus. Like, look what he just did. Look what he's done for us. Uh, let me, let me yep. read the next little chunk here yep. that I was going to read. And again, we're only just picking out parts of yeah. the story. But here is, uh, so as, as Brad has yep. mentioned, these leaders of the synagogues, uh, leaders of the temple, were trying to shut these guys up, so they, and they didn't know what to do, so they called them back in. Mm-hmm. They sent them out for a while so they could have a discussion. Then they called them back in, and uh, verse 18 uh, to 20 reads this. Uh, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for speaking about what we have seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's, let's just jump ahead to the next sort of topic, yep. but bringing all that with us. Uh, that, so the disciples were convinced that Jesus rose from the dead, and that mm-hmm. conviction led them to, I'm not sure what the right word for this mm-hmm. is, probably the biblical word would be faith, um, another word would be ultimate allegiance. Uh, another way of saying it would be resolve, mm-hmm. I suppose. So, so the disciples, based on the shaping that they'd had, based on their, uh, the, the, the being witnesses, they've decided that they're going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so when it comes down to who you obey... God comes first. And this has a powerful thing with fear. Yeah. Uh, like, like, so if the biggest thing in our life is our comfort, um, then anything that threatens our comfort frightens us. Yeah. If the biggest thing in our life is following Jesus, that... We can still be really scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can. Yeah. We can. But there's a there's a line there. There's something different there that we live for. Mm-hmm. That um, it just changes how we how we follow. Um, and so we see the disciples um, firmly resolved to follow Jesus, and that that it's, their courage comes from mm-hmm. that. I think it comes from that allegiance to Him. Mm-hmm. And. 
And for us sitting here today, like this idea of uh, fully on board with Jesus, it, it could be a bit of a challenge to us. We, we think of, you know, this message is dropped in, air, air dropped over to the fence to us now, where we're like, all right, well, maybe I believe, maybe it's all intellectual. Uh, there is this deep-rooted history that these guys were a part of when Jesus showed up. It wasn't just Jesus like, knocked on your door and said, hey, I want to be your savior. And okay, I'm in. And then they were fully on board and committed for that. It, it is in a narrative uh, of the Old Testament, which I would encourage you to read. You've got enough time now, go for it. Uh, but Old Testament, there's stories of God moving and connecting and shaping and directing and selecting and correcting and redirecting and recorrecting and, re- and all the way through history where they see God is active and present. And all that builds up and moves to Jesus, where Jesus isn't just this standalone little thing. He is the, the culmination of an entire history of creation. And these guys got to walk with him. They got to see all these pieces that they knew from the tradition, what they've heard, what was passed on into their culture, just showing up in the, the man of Jesus in front of them. And then the, the death and resurrection just tops it all off. And so when, when they think about what Jesus asks, when Jesus corrects and directs, it's not just like, oh yeah, no, I intellectually espoused that. Of course, I will be resolved. It was a deep yeah. passion embedded in history that they are realizing they got into the stream and it's driving them. And so in our, in our culture, we don't have much that really drives us that deeply. And, and so it might be hard for you today just to think I'm fully committed and resolved and every decision I make is going to be out of Jesus. And, and I think it's okay to name that. I think it's not a great spot to stay there. I think finding ways to jump a little bit deeper into the water, into the stream, to be driven by the, 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 the passion for Jesus is where I think we are all wanting to get. And so name where you are. But don't stay there. Yeah. And c- connected to that, yep. uh, so, so one of the lines that we read earlier is mm-hmm. verse 12, where Peter stood up boldly and said, mm-hmm. uh, Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven mm-hmm. given to mankind by which we must be saved. And um, I know f- for a lot of people in our cultural setting, uh, a statement, a bold statement yeah. like that, uh, is a little bit off-putting because yeah. because it it feels kind of exclusive, yeah. and I I think if we were to sort of start at the end, well, how, how do we weigh all the different claims of the different religions? Uh, we would come away that way. Mm-hmm. Where he, here's where they came from. They came from okay, who is this Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so they became utterly convinced that he was the Savior of the world, that his death and resurrection were, were made the difference for hope and salvation. And so the whole thing was about, you know, and again, in this great long narrative of the, like that this is the culmination of what God has done, then it all kind of makes sense in a different way. And then our allegiance to him as a complete thing, or as, I, you know, the complete thing, uh, I guess that continually grows as we discover more who we are. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we're always giving ourselves over to him more and more. Ready for the next one? Let's we, jump. We better, we better keep going here. You're going. Um, the, several times in this passage, uh, there's a mention of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, so in verse 8, we read this already. It said, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people, and he goes on, gives a little talk there, and this is the one that, that uh, led them to feel they were so courageous. Um, and then later on, uh, at the very end of the passage, and we'll, uh, we'll read this more later, uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful prayer. The disciples mm-hmm. get all the Christians together and they pray. Um, and it says that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. That'd be cool. Uh, well, I'm encouraged yeah, for that one, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a pandemic. I don't think we need shaking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So this, um, here's the thing that I think is just so cool. The disciples were filled with the Spirit. The, um, and, but here's the thing is, is Peter, it says, was filled with the Spirit. And I know Christians have all kinds of different views yep. about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I, there are certainly those who want to say every believer, when they become a believer, has the Holy Spirit. And I agree with that. Yep. You know, everyone. And, 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 and then there are other people who want to say, you know what, every believer, of course, has the Holy Spirit, but there's a filling of the Holy Spirit that, that can come later. And I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that as well. <laughs> I, I agree with that. But here's the problem. Uh, what usually, what often happens, at least, is the mm-hmm. people who say, "Well, everybody has the Holy Spirit." So when the topic of being filled with the Spirit comes up, they say, "Well, I already got it." And then those who uh, believe in some kind of a second experience, uh, when the topic, I've already got it. What it looks like here mm-hmm. is that the filling of the Spirit is something that can happen again and again and again as needed. And the idea of being filled with the Spirit tends to uh, come up mostly when people need strength mm-hmm. or power to to serve God, um, and and so um, I would just love to say we need more, <laughs> and there's more available. Uh, fill us again with your Spirit, mm-hmm. and that the, the, their courage, some of their courage, came from like a like God promised that when they needed it, they were going to have what they needed to, and that that would come by the presence of the Spirit. So I, I don't know, you want to jump in there? Yeah, uh, John has shared before the, the image of a uh, furnace with a pilot light that the fire is always burning, yeah. right? Which, and then, I, which I got from Alpha, by the way. That's yeah, it. he stole it from Alpha. <laughs> yeah. So Alpha, if you're watching, thank you. Uh, and that you can turn up the thermostat and it's there on demand. Um, if you are a car enthusiast, I have been thinking about a, another analogy, you know, power when you need it. Have you ever heard of a turbo? No? Well, for those of you who have, you know, follow up the three of us, maybe. In, in cars that have a turbo, it's always attached to the engine. But at, at a certain point on, you know, the expressway or as you're driving or you're about to, you know, drop into gear and you, you rev the engine, you know, the turbo really kicks in. It's built up enough energy and it just, you know, supplies more power than you, yeah, needed. And, and I kind of look at the, the Holy Spirit as that, the, the turbo on the car. The, the motor is always there. It's always attached. It's always present. But when, when you need it, or when you, you really want it in a car, uh, you know, it, it kicks in that extra power. It, it just really drives uh, the car or us as a spirit would. It just really drives us in a, in a completely different way than if you didn't have it kicking in. Yeah. And I, again, that sounds like you know, extreme or weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and exciting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but how many times, maybe you've experienced this, yeah. I certainly have, where I find myself in a situation, I think, I don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. And then you have a, like a nudge or a sense yeah. or, a, or, or even just, I, I, I got to do something. Yeah. And as you reach out, you find 
happens that can't be explained yeah. just by human means. And there's God helping us yeah. uh, in the sense of God being present. Um, and again, that, that, that encourages courage mm-hmm. yeah. uh, b- because then we find ourselves stepping out. Now, it takes a little courage maybe to get there too. So there's a yeah. circular thing there. We, we better, we got to wind we up We got to get going. Uh, yeah. but, so let me finish off with the, the last one here. And I think this is, is beautiful. Disciples, of course, so they got, uh, you know, they got a, a stern talking to, kicked out, instructed not to preach anymore. Uh, they said, I, we can't do that. Then they have a, a little, they have a meeting after that. Um, and so in, as they have that meeting, they close off with a prayer. And here's what they pray. pray. It's, it's at verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It seems to me that this is a cool prayer. Um, They were in trouble. They were threatened. Mm -hmm. And what they prayed is they did not pray, Lord, get me out of trouble, although there's lots of those prayers in the Bible. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not an invalid yeah. thing to pray. But that isn't what they prayed. What they prayed is, Lord, give us the strength to be faithful to mm-hmm. you in the middle of the time that we're in. And I think that is so cool for our time. Like all these things, to be shaped by Jesus, to be filled with the Spirit, to have a, a firm resolve. And, and then as we pray, God, help us to have what we need to be faithful to you where we live right now. Uh, and that prayer took some courage, mm-hmm. but it also unleashed their courage. Yeah, and I think one of the things that stands out in this passage is that the community prayed for courage. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so today as we're winding up is some of us in this community are, are, are terrified right now. And let's name that. Some of us are worried. Let's name that. There's others that just don't know what's going on, and that's okay. We love you. <laughs> but for those... We're probably all... Category yeah. a little bit, right? yeah, and we love each other. So, <laughs> but the these being in a spot today where you, you you don't think stepping out in courage is even possible to you that that's, that makes sense. In this community, they came together and they prayed for courage. Um, one of the things is being a body of believers, and that's one of the shames of not gathering is we don't get to see each other face to face, but we get to spark courage in one another. We get to hold each other up and ask for courage, to be a community where courage is ignited. And so if, if you're there today and, and you want to grow in courage or you feel like God is pressing on you to be a little bit more courageous in this time, and it might be just even the small little things that you're, you're overwhelmed by, uh, I'm going to pray and us as a community are going to be holding you up. And for us as a, a larger community where we're, we're a little bit more courageous, we're going to ask that God kind of hits a turbo, you know, turns up the heat, and allows us to live even more courageously. Not, not foolishly, not, not in an ignorant way, but one that is connected to Jesus and that we can live out of the lifestyle that he is encouraging us to live. So join me with a prayer. Lord, we thank you for being a God of all time. We thank you for being a God that meets us in our living rooms, in our, in our dwelling places, on the patios, on the walks, Lord, in, in tractors this week, Lord. We thank you for being a God that is everywhere. Lord, we ask that you help us be in touch with that, that you help us find courage from who you are, not deep down inside myself, the resolve that I somehow saved up, Lord, but 
that which you've put in me, in the spirit that dwells in me, in us as a community, Lord. We ask that you encourage us. You give us courage. Make us brave, not stupid, not foolish, not that we didn't know what the risks were. Lord, we ask that you embolden us, that we can wisely walk out your lifestyle, that we will share when you give us opportunities, that we will model the way of Jesus everywhere we go, from the grocery store to our living room, Lord, any opportunity on a walk, Lord, that we just model the way that you call us to. And Lord, when we get scared, we ask that you turn up the heat on that spirit, Lord, that you, you, you take the driver's seat, that you fill us again and again and again, so that we are encouraged by the courage that you've given us. Lord, for those that are still sitting today with any fear and anxiety and worry, Lord, we ask that you invite them into a spot with you. Lord, that, they, that you invite them into a quiet time later today. And that in that space, you love them. That you whisper your good joy to them. And that they can leave that pocket of time with a little bit more, more courage. Because you are a good and loving God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that concludes our message for today. And as always, coffee hour begins. Yes. If you do not have the internet, you are not watching us right now. So that is what it is. We, we are starting a Zoom call again. Last week, it didn't go so great. We broke the internet. Our bad. Um, but we're trying it again. There's either a link in the email we sent out earlier. If you don't have the uh, email going to you, then sign up. It's in one of our links here down below. Uh, Linda is also in our message down below. She can send you the link to our Zoom. We'd love to see your face. We'd love to connect a little bit more after this message. But if you aren't jumping on Zoom, uh, call, email, text three people from the community and just tell them you're thinking about them. Encourage them, love them. And uh, thank you so much for coming by today. And we hope to see you on Zoom shortly.